The pennant races are heating up, and they do not involve the Texas Rangers. So heads were bound to roll, and today they did. A managerial change was made, and we have Bryce Patrick of Lockdown Rangers to talk about it. This is Lockdown MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Daily MLB Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the Daily Podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. There's my lower third. There you go. Where, where is it? There it is. You can call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who's been a comedian, a writer, a filmmaker, and I've been a baseball podcaster for over a decade. I'm now here. Let's see. This is uh, 2019, 2020. This is my fourth full season on the Lockdown Podcast Network. That's a presidential term. That is a presidential term. No one heard of COVID when I got started. I'm just saying. Hey, uh, didn't mean to bring it down a little bit, but thanks so much for making this your first listen as we're available on all your free podcasting catchers. And you can tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Lockdown Rangers, which is hosted by our good friend Bryce Patrick, who, do you want, uh, let's, just, let's just cut the formalities because the Rangers made a move. The Rangers have had a disappointing season, but is it a disappointing season? That's one of the things I want to... I'm having a hard time, you know, grasping my chubby little fingers around because I didn't think the Rangers were considered to be much of a contender this year. But Bryce Patrick of the Texas Rangers show, Lockdown Rangers, has forgotten more about the Rangers than I'll ever know. So I better bring him into the conversation to talk about this. Hey, buddy. How you doing, hey, Val? Uh, I'm all right. I am also very confused, just like you, um, because this is a weird time to make a move and a weird move to make. And well, I mean, this is Texas Ranger baseball. They they, they do not make the uh, conventional make sense move. This is a weird franchise that has always made it's just been full of weirdness throughout my entire lifetime of following them. And you know what? This kind of file falls in line of their typical weirdness. Now. I remember Chris Woodward was a kind of a utility player, played for a couple of things, played for the Red Sox for about an hour and a half. He was part of the um, L.A. Dodgers coaching staff when they went to the World Series a couple of times. And uh, if I remember correctly, he was actually up for the Yankee job briefly in that vacuum after Joe Girardi was let go and they weren't sure who was going to take over and turn out to be Aaron Boone. Um, he wound up landing the Texas Ranger job when they moved into the new ballpark and they made some changes to their uniforms. Um, uh, there's an interesting factoid when I read a couple of the articles about the firing of Chris Woodward, because to me, Chris Woodward is like a crouton lettuce, something, uh, an unremarkable dude who I'm sure is a fine baseball guy but doesn't strike me as a manager that will someday see hoisting a World Series trophy. He is he is like he makes Jim Riggleman seem exotic, essentially. He's just like 
We need a human being to be the manager. Chris Woodward is a human being. I, I mean, I just see he's a baseball guy. I'm sure he's qualified, but it just was like, okay, it's just a generic manager. He's a manager of flavored product. But when I was looking at a stat about the 2022 Rangers, this really stuck out. And I, I know, you know, we, we teased about this. Uh, in one run, they played 31 run games this year. 30. And have lost 24 of them. So if you think about their, their record going into today's game uh, was 51 and 63. Okay. Let's say, I'm not even going to give them a winning record. Let's break even. Break even on one-run games. That would be 15 and 15 in one-run games. That means adding nine wins to the win column and removing nine losses from the loss column. That puts them at 60 and 54, okay, which would put them one game out of a playoff spot and tied in the loss column with Seattle. Um, and look at that's not, and that's not saying they suddenly become dominant in one run games. That's just breaking even. Okay. Breaking even in one run games and everything else remaining exactly the same. That means in each one of those games, if a bloop landed, if a ball trickled through, if they held one runner from scoring or whatever, in nine of those games, they are in the middle of a pennant race right now, legitimately. And is that the reason why he was let go? It, isn't a lot of that just dumb luck? Yeah, it, it really comes down to a lot of luck. The Rangers got some really good luck in 2015. This is this one-run game thing is coming back. In 2015, they had a really – it was just like – it was just – it was brought up as being like unbelievable. It was just so incredible, so unsustainable, how amazing the Rangers were in 2015 when they won their division and fought off the young and feisty Astros, basically the same core that they won the World Series with, except minus a Justin Verlander, which, you know, makes a big difference. But the Rangers, I went back and looked at that at that record. The Rangers were 27 and 22 in that record. That's a 55% win percentage. That's That's fine. That's pretty good. That's not like historic, but what they're doing now with like a 20% or around 20%. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Win percentage in one run games. Like that is historically bad. And that's not Chris Woodward's fault. And I will push back on him being a vanilla random baseball guy. He's been a, a pretty decent manager. He connects really well with the players. If it wasn't for Chris Woodward, there is no way in heck Corey Seager would have signed with this team. And, you know, his first season, he did come in a year before the pandemic. Actually, my first year uh, on this podcast network and same as yours in 2019 was Chris Woodward's first year. And that team really, really overachieved and did a really great job. And Chris Woodward had a decent amount to do with that 2019 team if not for injuries joey gallo was on a historic pace just ridiculous he only played in 70 games that year made his first all-star appearance hunter pence was there and he was fantastic as well for the rangers he was also an all-star and both those guys mm -hmm, yeah both those guys were out for the basically the entire second half of the season and the rangers rotation that year they had mike minor and lance lynn who were both fantastic both had 
better than seven and a half four seasons, according to baseball reference, the greatest website on the planet. But their third starting pitcher was Ariel Jurado. He started 18 games, pitched 122 innings, and had a 5.8 ERA. There was nothing else in the starting rotation, nothing in the bullpen. The offense was kind of smoke and mirrors. Elvis Andrews had a decent season for him offensively. Ruggie had a 30 home run season with an OBS around 700. Wood Calhoun had a really solid season, but again, Injuries hurt him as well. There was a real smoke and mirrors team. And Danny Santana, for some reason, out of nowhere in 130 games, had an OPS of 857 and was the second most valuable Rangers position player that year uh, behind Joey Gallo, who only played in 70 games, and just ahead of Hunter Pence, who only played in, I believe, 90-something games that year. So Chris Ruber did a great job then. 2020, they fooled themselves into thinking they can compete. They traded for Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber's uh, in a trade that at the time you thought there's no way the Rangers lose this trade unless his arm falls off. Then his arm fell off, and then the rest of everything fell off. And they got four grand slams hit against them <laughs> in a row in the middle of an eight game losing streak in a 60 game season. And that sealed their fate. And then last year, they were just a bad team. They had no talent, yeah. and there wasn't much they could do. And this year, they're a better team. Their Pythagorean record, which is what they expect with the amount of runs they've given up and the runs they've scored, it has them at a 500 club. And if they were about 500, they've given up just two more runs than they've allowed. Um, actually, I think it'll be just one after this game because baseball reference update, updates the next day. But like they should have about a 500 record, and they're not. And a lot of this and what the messaging has been from the front office is like, it's almost like, yeah, this isn't his fault, but like someone's got to go and it's got to be Woodward. And that just sucks and really frustrates me because he's such a beloved guy in the clubhouse, beloved by the media, beloved by his team. But like everyone that's around this team is like, I freaking love Chris Woodward and this sucks and it's not his fault. And I'm pretty sure someone else is going to hire him really quickly. And it might just be the Blue Jays, honestly. Right. And by the way, I, I'm, I, I have to admit, I don't follow the Rangers as closely as you. Uh, that's that's uh, fair. That's fair. They've been uninteresting this year. <laughs> uh, two pieces of housework. First of all, you were uh, uh, respect to Morgan, your former co-host of Lockdown Rangers when you got started, who's been a guest on the show a bunch of times as well. And uh, the correct phrase is baseballreference.com is the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. That's I, I knew I was close. Yes. Oh, no, no. You're in the right ballpark. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's it's tough to blame him for this. And you know, if he is Woodward might be exactly that kind of manager that a, a, a club could, you know, gobble up. Uh, uh, you mentioned Toronto. Um, it's funny. I keep track of something called the summer score. It's my own stat where oh, I, I know the summer score. The Rangers right? have a zero. <laughs> yes. And it's basically uh, I keep track of what teams have had a position in the playoffs starting on Memorial Day. Because that's what I think. Before Memorial Day, it's just, you know, it's it, the positions of the playoff are meaningless. But starting Memorial Day, like beginning of summer, when you wake up, if you wake up in the morning, your team's in a playoff spot, I keep a tally of that. And if you're, you know, for those of you who don't follow it, in from Memorial Day to the end of June, each day you're in a spot for a playoff. It's worth one. In July, each day is worth two. August worth three. September into the final day of the season, every day that you're, it's worth four. And it kind of keeps tracks of which teams allow their fan base to wake up in the summer and say, hey, we're having fun, which in the end is the real purpose of a baseball season. I'm bringing this up because Toronto has a perfect summer score. 
They haven't had a single day since Memorial Day that they have not been in a playoff position, and yet they fired their manager who was delivering them a perfect summer, uh, which I still found to be strange. Um, They look like a team that uh, wants to have a long-term solution in their managerial situation. I can't help but wonder if the Chicago White Sox, if Tony La Russa finally decides to hang it up, might turn to uh, you know Chris Woodward. He may become a a, a desirable manager, but uh, but you know when we uh, when we come back for segment two, I want to talk a little bit about the state of the Rangers. But I want to right now, Bryce. I know you're eager to be talking about the state of your liver. Oh, you know I am. Did you know that the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. That's right. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. Thanks to modern diets, rich in unhealthy processed foods, and constant exposure to thousands of man-made environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism. Thanks to Liver Health Formula presented by Pure Health Research, Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting supplements uh, or nutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract all of which work together to wake up your sluggish liver and turn into a toxin-flushing, fat-burning machine. No more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired or low on energy all the time. Best of all, liver health formula makes it easier to maintain healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of our show, you can try liver health formula risk-free today and get a bottle of a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe, all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes the perfect complement to liver health formula. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your bottle of free curb fit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB right now to get started. We're here with Bryce Patrick of Lockdown Rangers whose Rangers are now without a manager. Who is their interim manager? Tony Beasley. And this is a guy who I am I, I'm upset about the firing. I think it's premature. I think the timing is weird. But I think the only reason that it makes sense is that Tony Beasley is the interim manager. Now, most people don't know who Tony Beasley is, and that's fine. He's a third base coach and has been since 2015. He's the longest tenured member of this Rangers coaching staff, even before Chris Woodward, he is just an all-time... I mean, I talked about how much Chris Woodward was beloved. Tony Beasley is absolutely adored. He is the kindest, sweetest man. He is so appreciated by every single player. Like, everyone that interacts with him just loves him. He uh, had to miss, uh, I think it was about a year, um, because he underwent cancer surgery, and he had uh, rectal cancer. And I don't know if you remember the uh, Apple TV game the Rangers had on Friday night in May, where Martin Perez threw a complete game shutout against Houston. That was literally the day after his final treatment. Tony Beasley had been with the club since 2016. Martin Perez had been with the Rangers back when he was first signed and, you know, loved Beasley as everyone did. And he went out there and this was the first game after Tony Beasley being officially declared cancer free and said, I'm dedicating this one to you. I'm going to throw a shout out. I'm going to absolutely dominate these Astros. And he did. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. So Beasley has been a third base coach with the Rangers. He has been um, with Pittsburgh. He's been with the Nationals as well. And he's a guy who 
you know, if they're Rangers are going to just get a different voice in there. And I think that's part of why it is, is that even though it wasn't Chris Woodward's fault, sometimes even if he's been the manager on losing seasons, you just kind of need a diff- different voice. And even though the Rangers have a pretty different team than when they were terrible in 2020 and even a mostly different team from last year, sometimes you just need a different voice. And I think Beasley can be that familiar presence, but also a new voice at the helm. And they're, they said they're going to give him a shot to, to look at him as the future full-time manager. And I think that's freaking fantastic. Here's what I like about it. Okay. I like that he is someone who's uh, an organizational person. And it's not just someone who is like, he's best friends with a GM. He's someone who has, I mean, well, that's why Bob Guerin became the manager of the A's for so many years. You know, that's, and, and I mean, he has managerial experience. And I think that amounts to something. You've seen plenty of times recently where they, uh, uh, a manager has been given the car keys to a major league team with no managerial experience at any level, sometimes no coaching experience at any level. And they wonder why, oh, why can't they handle the bullpen? Why can't they handle the day-to-day? I think there is something to be said about having experience of managing at some level or at least being on the coaching staff at some level. He's been a major league coach for years and years and years, including under Frank Robinson. He's been um, uh, when he was managing um, uh, uh, Washington. Uh, He was a minor league manager for many, many years and has been a huge part of this organization. So, you know, look at, I don't know if he is the going to be the final choice, but I love that someone like him will at least be able to put on their, their resume major league manager, even if it's only for the final, you know, uh, you know, month and a half of the season that he gets to, you know, he got to that pinnacle. He got to the top there and I hope they give him a shot. You know, why not have someone who has organizational experience, managerial experience, and, oh, I don't know, wisdom? Yeah, and I think that's great. And, you know, just a little side note, he would be one of what I think he's one of, I think, two black managers in Major League Baseball. It's just him and and Dusty Baker and the Rangers. There you and go. Dave Roberts. Oh, and back. Dave Roberts. Oh, and Dave Roberts. Okay. Yeah. And half African American, I mean, half Japanese. So Okay. Yeah. And then I mean the Rangers' most successful manager in franchise history was Ron Washington. Right. And you know, there's some thought there's some thought being entertained about him coming back. And as much as I would love that, Ron Washington is 71 years old. And I don't I don't think that that he is going to be whoever the Rangers get, they want them to be their manager of the future, be there for years and years to come. And as much as he is still beloved by every single Rangers fan, um, I just don't think that's an opportunity that's that's going to happen. Somebody who I think they might consider is a guy, Jace Tingler, who's a former manager of the Padres. Yeah. He was with the Rangers organization doing all kinds of different roles. He was a, uh, I believe he was a bench coach in his final year before he got the job with the, Ra- with the Padres. He was doing minor league field coordinator things like just working in all kinds of different places. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. The Rangers made a run at Charlie Montoyo, the former manager of, yeah. of the blue Jays. Cause like, why not? He had a good time there. Um, and I thought before they announced that Tony Beasley was going to be the interim manager, I thought it was going to be Donnie Ecker, who is the new bench coach, who was the former hitting coach for San Francisco Giants that won uh, 137 games or whatever last year. 
and they yeah. brought him in to be bench coach slash offensive coordinator. Like they made a new title for him because they regarded him that highly to go give him a raise and take him away from a San Francisco team that is just coming off such a great season. And we see what's happened to their offense once he left. I'm not saying it's all his fault, but you know, there's a little bit of causality there. Well, look at line up your drinks, everybody. Time to take take a shot. Because I'm going to say it, it's a favorite drinking game of the fans of Lockdown MLB. I think they should consider one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. Uh, <laughs> people uh, take a shot every time I mention Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. Uh, I stand by Roberto Kelly, Hensley Mullins should yep. be major league managers. Uh, uh, no they should look at them. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, they are they are uh, intelligent baseball men who are part of several World Series champion coaching staffs. Roberto Kelly is currently managing in the Mexican League, so he has some managerial experiences, albeit not in the majors, but you know, that sort of uh you know, that sort of experience. And look, I just want to say one quick thing because I don't want to uh for the lack of a better word, I don't want to make too much light about something. Like, obviously when I do something like saying uh you know, take a shot and everything like that. I'm not encouraging people to get drunk or do anything irresponsible. But I want to right now lay out a scenario, especially involving people who may drink too much. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but now you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over? Even so, what's the worst can happen? When your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everybody knows the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on a road to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, we're here with our last segment with Bryce Patrick of lockdown rangers there's no chance the rangers are going to do something like hire a joe girardi or something crazy like that right or i really hope not that'd be really stupid and it would piss me off but <laughs> and i'm not saying it's out of the question because what this sign the real sign that this points to is they're going to be heads rolling the rangers said this year they wanted to be more competitive and next year is the hard deadline of they have to be competitive. They must be pretty much in the playoffs or there's going to be even more changes coming up. It, it could be the end of John Daniels' tenure with the Rangers, who's been by far the best GM in franchise history, has constructed the only two team, the only teams that have made it past the first round of the playoffs in franchise history, pulled off one of the greatest swindles of a trade in in baseball history of trading Mark Teixeira for three future All-Stars, your corner franchise shortstop and Elvis Andrews and uh, a couple other pretty darn good trades looking at like that Joey Gallo trade might be an absolute highway robbery with how well the youngsters have been doing that they got in that trade but it just could be time for a change if the Rangers don't make the playoffs next year and this is kind of the sign that like hey 
they're going to have to be just as aggressive as they were last year. Maybe not dealing out $500 million in contracts in two days, but they're going to be very aggressive and they need pitching, 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 and more starting pitching next year. Now, do you think they need pitching? Let me just ask you. Uh, actually, I'm not sure. All right, cool. That's I'm <laughs> playing the role of the host is not listening to what the person's saying. Um, what about, uh, again, you know, Joe Girardi would be an absurd choice for a lot of reasons. Would Joe Madden be? Yeah, I think so. I don't love the Joe Madden pick. I mean, he's had success, sure, but I'm not sure how much of his success. We saw what it, what it was with the Angels, and the Angels have more talented players than the Rangers do. I think the Rangers are a deeper organization. They're a better run organization, which is not say not some high compliment. I mean, there's not many worse run organizations that somehow stumble into Shohei Otani and Mike Trout at the same freaking time and still manage to waste them. But I, I don't, I don't want somebody who's been, unless they're getting like Bruce, literally Bruce Bochy. Like that's the but only he's, he's retired. He he's is. Retired. And I don't, he's, if he wasn't going to come out of retirement to go, you know, manage the Padres who were in San Diego where he lives, then I don't think he's going to come out to try and get this Rangers team into the playoffs and maybe into the world series. But I don't know. I think yeah. that there needs to be some fresh voice. I think Tony Beasley could be a great choice. I think, um, Charlie Montoyo, um, maybe Donnie Ecker. I don't know, but I, I don't, really want the like old old baseball guy at this point mm -hmm. we've seen it work we saw with we've seen with buck showalter but like this is just a real sign that the rangers have a strong imperative to compete next year and it's really tough doing because they only committed to the rebuild literally last year and to go from 100 lost team to playoff contender set up for the future in two seasons is incredibly difficult to do now the rangers have done all the moves i think they can to this point to make it that far without completely handcuffing themselves in the future, but it's still a very, very tough window to navigate. And it's not Chris Woodward's fault. It's the fault of everyone. They didn't commit to the rebuild. The second Adrian Belter retired in 2018. Yeah. Do you I also think hurt? What? Um, I think that, you know, a, a couple of things, yeah, obviously they're signing, they, they, they signed Seeger and Simeon. Um, I have a weird completely unprovable theory that they threw those giant contracts their way to tell their fans, Hey, we're trying, we're trying. And then I mean, that's, done. that's, not, that's not an unprovable. That's a fact. That's a straight up fact. I mean, this team, they, 2020 was supposed to be the, Hey, look at us. We're competing. We just traded for the guy who grew up here and he's won two Cy Youngs and he's so exciting. And we have this great pitching staff and we've got this homegrown talent, Joey Gallo. And we've got some other guys who um, might also be baseball players and the offense was terrible and everyone's pets heads fell off and then COVID happened and no one could even come to the stadium. So th this was kind of an overdue this year was like a, Hey, Look at us. Please come to our fancy, expensive ballpark and spend your money. We do care about having a half-decent product on the field. But I'll tell you the other thing that I think hurt them or basically cost Woodward's job and or or forced that something terrible happen to the Rangers was the rise of Baltimore. The fact that Baltimore went from 100-loss team to legit playoff contender so fast and right now, I mean, they, they, as we're recording this, we're recording, you know, pulling back the curtain, recording this in the night of the 15th of August, 
right now the Orioles are one game back in the loss column of a playoff spot. And it's mid-August. It's not April. The and, Raiders went 0 and six against Baltimore, and they had in the middle or in the beginning of uh, of July, they literally lost three straight one-run games, including one of which where the Rangers made baseball history as the first team to hit either game tying or go-ahead home runs in the top of the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings and still lose a game. That game might have cost me ten years off my life because that series was just mind-bogglingly frustrating. But you know, the point I'm making is the idea of, all right, it takes a long time. You, know, you, you can't turn things around too quickly. The last three full seasons, I'm not going to count the COVID year, okay? But I'm talking uh, 2018, 2019, and 2021. The Orioles lost 115 games in 2019, 108 games in uh, 115 games in 2018, 108 games in 2019. Last year they won. They lost 110 games. They lost 115, 108, 110, and now down the stretch they're legit contenders. And if you are the Rangers, you can't sell to your fans. Well, you know, it takes a long time to turn around a 100-loss season. But it does Especially that. after bringing in Semyon and Gray and Seager. Well, the thing is, Baltimore, granted, the Rangers and Baltimore, I didn't realize this until I just looked it up, the Rangers and Baltimore both made the playoffs the last time in 2016. It's been just as long. But the difference is the Rangers kind of floundered with mediocrity in 2017, 18, mm -hmm. and 19 whereas Baltimore has finished last in their division every year except for the COVID year, um, in which they finished 25 and 35, still terrible. Um, but they have been flat-out awful every year since then, and the Rangers haven't. And they also traded Manny Machado, which the Rangers didn't have a Manny Machado to trade. They had a trade And they Gallo. whiffed. They yeah. whiffed on the Manny Machado trade. The Rangers might end up getting a better return for, Joey Gallo, for a season and a half of Joey Gallo, who was quite frankly terrible in New York, which hurts my heart to say. Um, but he was, and they might end up getting a better return for that than um, Baltimore but, did for Manny Machado. But look at the Dodgers' record since they acquired Joey Gallo. Look at the Yankees' record. No, I know. I, oh, I've looked. I've looked, and I've laughed very heartily. And mm -hmm. I, I, my quick theory of why Joey Gallo stunk in New York is because Joey Gallo cares a whole lot what people think, cares just a whole lot about people, wants to make them happy because he is a good boy who I raised very well. And his family grew up diehard Yankees fans, as you know everyone did. But like really, really diehard. He is very Italian. His whole family is very Italian. So like the the uh, the Joey Gallo like these memes they they mean a lot. And so when he didn't do well, everything just kind of spiraled and, and compounded. And in LA, he can just go be another guy who's just kind of there. And oh look, he's doing great. That's awesome. He's got his friend Cody Bellinger, and he can just go hit dingers and it not be a big deal. And then he can sign back with the Rangers and be on an even better team next year. I mean, not a better team, but <laughs> a not terrible team next year. That's the that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Well, let me tell you something. Um, as and I'm going to shock people who are been throwing back uh, shots every time I say uh, Bruce Bo Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. Um, I'd like to see them give Tony Beasley a shot. I'd like to see people who are experienced baseball men in charge of a team. I think there's something to be said for that. I think there's something to be said for someone who has 
experienced managing, has respected the players, and is respected in the organization. Um, and why not? Because in so many ways, if so much of the strategy and the roster construction and everything has been the 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 property of the general manager, then the manager is really that, a manager of people, a manager of egos, a manager of basically trying to make sure that the clubhouse is secure and someone who has everybody's respect. And you say, well, has he played? You know, was he a player? Yes. Has he managed? Yes. All the things you never want to check off. And of course, you know, beat the big C and all these, these things. Uh, He just seems like someone you want. I hope we'll get a legit shot. I think he will. And, and one, one final thing for me is, uh, you know, Chris, Chris Young, this is, uh, I want to say after 2020 is when they hired him to be their general manager. John Daniels stepped into the uh, more uh, overview kind of, kind of a role president of baseball operations. But he Mm -hmm. said that this is pretty much Chris Young's job. This is his, this is his search. He's going to be the one who makes the decision, who interviews the candidates and, and kind of has a little bit of a final say. I'm not sure that John Daniels would be completely hands off. Um, But still, this is, this is a big test in Chris Young's tenure as general manager. Granted, it's still John Daniels in charge of everything, but I think this is a big moment for him. I think these last six weeks, I think that's why they did this these last six weeks, because they want to give Tony Beasley a legit shot to see what he can do, how this team can perform, how they can rally behind him, having a new voice and see how much that changes. Or if they need to just go get someone completely outside the organization, someone completely new um, for a team that I think has real aspirations to do something very drastic this December so they can do something even more drastic and make the playoffs for the first time since 2016 next year. Bobby Valentine. So, um, all right. Well, hey, look at uh, no one can accuse me of only focusing on the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, and the big market contenders right now. We just did a full episode of the Texas Rangers in the middle of August. But guess what? If they just improved that one run record, they'd be right in the middle of this scrum. Well, look at we've seen the Beasley era is perfect. Can they keep it up? against the A's. But one person who can keep up great podcasting and putting together some great shows and has done so for the last few years of the terrific Lockdown Rangers podcast, Bryce Patrick. Tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. That's Bryce with an I, Patrick with no C. You can find Locked on Rangers at Locked on Rangers. We got the original one. Sorry, hockey fans, but we got dibs. Um, <laughs> and then you can find us wherever you get your podcasts on your podcast catchers, Locked on Rangers. Make sure you get the baseball one. Hockey one's all right, but mine's just a little bit better. And you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm right there. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Looking at the fate of the Texas Rangers managerial situation and wondering if they found the right person already in their living room. This is the Locked On MLB Locked On Rangers crossover for the 16th day of August 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.